Hey, welcome to Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to jasontebs.com. What is up, everybody? It is Teb's Talks, the premier useless podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Tebbs. And I love that we are in a technology day and age, an internet day and age where, one, I can talk into a microphone and then hit a couple buttons and then anybody in the world can hear what I say. Or I can record a video, hit a couple buttons, and anybody in the world can watch that video. But... What I really appreciate it for, beyond my own capability to use it, is I can see the world's best XYZ do their thing. Back in the day, if you wanted to hear a band, you either had to wait for them on the radio or go to one of their concerts. Or if I wanted to see the photos of a very prestigious photographer... Or, or artist, you know, see the pictures of and paintings of a, a very prestigious artist, I would have to find one of the galleries that they're at or go to an exhibit that they're doing or find the person personally, maybe see it in a magazine. But this day and age of technology, I can say, hey, what does the Mona Lisa look like? I can look it up. What, you know, oh, want to listen to this song? I can look it up. Oh, I want to see this thing. I can watch them. Not only that, but a lot of these incredible people with incredible talent have their own YouTube channels or their own websites where they are putting their own curated content up on whatever it might be. And I find that very neat. So I'm getting really into Formula One. It's a sport that me and my wife are really getting into. We we are following the season with uh, great intent. We know all the drivers. We've we've been enjoying the season so far. One, it's something that we can do together, so that's incredibly fun. But from that, I found a photographer named Kim Illman, and Kim Illman, his profession is a Formula One photographer. Like that's the only thing he photographs. He travels around race to race and takes photographs of the drivers of the people in the paddock, of the race itself, and gives kind of a behind-the-scenes look at a lot of this stuff. Now, when you go into Formula One, and say you follow the Formula One Instagram page, say you follow the Formula One YouTube, you see some of this stuff. You know, they'll they'll put behind-the-scenes stuff, they'll put drivers... Uh, profiles, they'll do interviews with the driver specifically. So you get you get a very curated set of content for that. But then I'm following this guy named Kim Illman, and he he shows kind of a slightly different perspective. Plus, on top of that, you get this whole professional photographer spin on everything. Like, yes, Formula One in of itself has professional photographers that are taking these photos. They have professional videographers that are doing these videos. They have professional presenters that are presenting in these videos. And it's a very professional curated experience. But you're just seeing the end product. It's very well put together, but it's still the end product. Where, while following Kim Illman, not only do I get interesting photography stuff, but I get interesting Formula One stuff. I get interesting travel tips and, like, travel vlog type things. And had the internet not been a thing, 
had Kim Ilman not had various platforms to put all of these things on, I never would have found Kim Ilman's work. It's K-Y-M-I-L-L-M-A-N? K-Y-M-I-L-L-M-A-N. Let me double check that. I want to, I never spell his last name right, but his first name is K-Y-M. Yep, K-Y-M-I-L-L-M-A-N. He is a professional Formula One photographer. Now, not everybody that's interested in Formula One is going to be interested in Kim Illman's work, maybe beyond like, oh, the photos that he takes of Formula One. Not everybody's going to be interested in the photography tips, the travel tips, all of that extra stuff. But for me, I, I really am. And I can go for free on YouTube and watch these videos of this professional doing professional level work. And another thing I like is Kim Illman, beyond just being a Formula One photographer and selling his photos, has found other ways to gain revenue for what he does. He can have members on YouTube. He can sell digital prints of XYZ, uh, just the ad revenue from YouTube and his website and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. And it gives it gives platforms for professionals to monetize their content, which I'm all for. I'm 100% for professionals and people making content and people doing work to get paid for that work. You know, got to get that cheddar, make that bag, bring in the bacon. Another professional that I watch online, his name is Louis Rossman, L-O-U-I-S-R-O-S-S-M-A-N. And his profession is like repairing electronics. I think he specifies specifically in Apple products, but he has a business where he runs a repair shop and he's been able to leverage YouTube, not only for marketing, but to like teach people a little bit about things and have a whole platform to do like right to repair advocacy. I'm not going to go fully into like the details of right to repair and all of that, but it's this guy where his main profession is just repairing electronics. And I, he's a, he's in New York. I would have never, ever, 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 ever heard about Louis Rossman and the work he's doing and the advocacy he has for right to repair had it not been for YouTube and for these platforms, for these professionals to put their work on. And I guess you could say like, oh, any YouTuber is a, is a professional. Like anybody that's making money from the platform you could, I guess, consider as a professional, but I think it's different when you have, oh yeah, this is somebody who YouTube is their main source of content. Like a, another great example, Adam Ragusea. He is a, he was a journalist first and then parlayed that into now he is what one might say a food YouTuber, a cooking YouTuber. Donut Media, yeah, it's, it's a media company and they have YouTube as their platform that they put their media content on, but it's like YouTube forward, which is why I think these people where no formula one photography is Kim Illman's first and foremost and electronic repair is Lewis Rossman's first and foremost, but YouTube is like a supplementary thing. It's also great for learning. Like the internet is fantastic for learning. I can go on to the World Wide web and find pretty much the entirety of human knowledge also the entirety of human conspiracy. But if I want to learn how to use a program, I look it up on YouTube. If I want to learn how to be a photographer, like I, I can go on to YouTube. Now, let, let's take photography for an example in, in videography. 
I am very interested in media. Personally, I prefer an audio format for what I do and a written format for the other things I do. I prefer audio and text. That's just for what I do. But I do appreciate video and photo. The reason why I don't do video and photo is because they take extra steps and devoting the time and attention to that. I I just don't want to do that at this time. But I am interested in photo and I am interested in video. And if I wanted to learn the basics and the ins and outs of photo and video and editing photo and video, I have years of content online for free at my fingertips that can teach me everything that I want to know. Now, Kim Illman, he's not so much focused on, hey, let me teach you how to be a photographer. He has some of that type of stuff on like his membership pages, which I'm not currently a paying member for Kim Inman's content. His is more, hey, let me show you kind of a behind the scenes of Formula One because his main thing is I am a Formula One photographer. I will show you these things that I photograph at Formula One events. I will show you the behind the scenes of being a Formula One photographer and doing Formula One stuff. Occasionally, I will put something up on my membership page that shows you, hey, here's how to be a photographer. Here's how to be specifically a Formula One photographer and the pathway to get in there. But he's not, to my knowledge, he's not making full photo tutorials on, you know, this is f-stop, this is shutter speed, this is aperture, this is xyz, this is how you edit it. Like, he's shown bits and pieces of those processes, but I don't need to go to Kim for that sort of stuff, even though he's a professional photographer in an event that I'm very interested in. I could go to the hours and hours and hours and hours, years of other content where other people have explained these things, and that is the thing they're doing. Like, they're using these platforms to teach people how to be photographers, to teach people how to be videographers, to teach people how to run certain programs. The internet has created a crazy world where you can have a profession making YouTube videos, teaching people how to use the software. You can you can have a profession making YouTube videos, teaching people how to make YouTube videos. It, it's this weird self-feeding cycle, but it's possible. Um, one guy, let me look him up real quick. Okay, I, I can't find him and it's taking too long, but his whole YouTube video or his whole YouTube channel is essentially tips and tricks on how to be a better Twitch streamer. So he's using YouTube to teach people about a different platform and how to grow and tips on like that platform. It's crazy that the internet has allowed people to be professionals and to make things their profession in so many different facets or, or else supplement their income in a bunch of different fashions. But I... I was just thinking like, what a time to be alive where I saw all of this come to fruition. I was born in the 90s and thus, though the internet was a thing, it wasn't in the average household. It wasn't until like the early 2000s where the internet was really kind of an average household type thing. And then I saw the internet evolve from like chat rooms. I would say the social internet. I would The social internet evolved from like chat rooms and forums to social media platforms and video hosting sites. And I saw it from there where these social media sites and video hosting platforms grew and grew. And then there were live platforms and there was faster, more technology 
better ways for people to just share information. In my lifetime, I saw that not being possible to now that's just the standard, that's norm, that is integrated and part of everybody's life to a degree, right? It's cool to see that. The, and the best part is like the internet kind of has a way of self-regulating where bad content that gets put up gets voted down and kind of gets stifled. Algorithms aside that, you know, go haywire and promote, promote Lord knows what, but let's go back to Kim Illman. He has quality work and content. He's professional, professional photographer. And he then gets told by his son, hey, you should make YouTube videos as well. And the story he tells, and I'm going to paraphrase it, he made his first video just using his laptop webcam. The audio sucked, the video sucked, and his son was like, you cannot, you cannot upload this. Your professional photography is way up on this level. So anybody, for anybody to take any of your videos seriously, like, not that your video quality and your video production has to be on the same level, but it has to at least look professional enough because you're in a very similar field already that people are going to come to expect a high quality product. So luckily from the feedback of his son, he makes that change, actually produces something of high quality. And because it's high quality, people see it and then they promote it. So the internet has a way, though it's not perfect, of actually filtering the quality content to the top. Now, you can counter and be like, well, there's some really low-quality stuff that gets promoted and gets thousands of views and millions of views. Sure, but if I were to put up a podcast and the quality isn't great or the content's not great or maybe it's not quite there... Sure, those around me that know me, it's a very Jason-forward podcast. Those around me might find it interesting. And I would hope that I talk about enough broad things that people could either relate to it or, in this case, find it interesting, that it does eventually filter up. But if I were to compare myself to some of the other podcasts that I listen to, my quality is nowhere near their quality. And I'm not talking like, oh, does my sound quality sound good? That's not hard to figure out. I'm not I'm not talking like, oh, when I upload a file, is it easy to find? That's not hard to figure out. I'm talking the content itself. The words that I'm saying, the way that I'm presenting it, the hubbub around it, is it quality content? I will fully admit I have a super niche podcast that's primarily for me, that those around me are like, hey, you want to hear what Jason's up to? Just listen to his podcast. Like, you'll get it. But those outside my circle don't care about me. So the more I talk about me, the less they're going to care. But I can't. I love myself. I'm very vain. I'm going to be talking about myself a lot. It's just like an audio log at this point. But people love vlogs and vlogs are just people talking about themselves. Granted, a vlog, you get a visual picture and vlogs, you know, you might be doing interesting, fun things. I, I see why vlogs work and I see why an audio, a personal audio log might not. Like I see that. But I hope someday that I too can be in a position where it's like, yeah, this is this is what I do, and I have these avenues. Last thing I I want to end on is I'm not a professional photographer. I'm not a professional electronics repairman. I'm not. I saw a a TikTok where this electrician was just talking electrician stuff, 
and he just put it on TikTok. There's another one where this guy owns, uh, th- he works with septic tanks. And so he owns this company that works with septic tanks and that sort of stuff. And he has a TikTok just kind of explaining being a business owner. So these professional people have their profession first and these supplementary things. I'm no expert at anything. I am no profession at anything. I could I could pull the angle of, oh, I'm a guy in a corporate field. Let me talk about the corporate this and that. Okay, I, I'm a customer service person. Occasionally, I'll talk about my customer service experience and the woes, the ups and downs. But I'm not here to be like, yo, you really want to see what the customer service life's like? You really want to see what it's like working at a software company in a customer service role? You, you want to see what it's like to be a customer success manager? It's crazy life. Let's go. People don't care. My job isn't interesting. Somebody that's a Starbucks barista probably has a day-to-day more interesting job than I do. And I only say that because there's this lady on TikTok that maybe she doesn't work specifically for Starbucks, but she has a lot of TikToks just deadpanning conversations that she's had with actual customers. And it's like, man, the general public be whack. And so it's relatable. It's funny. And we can all laugh like, wow, I can't believe that you actually had that conversation with somebody like that person's so dumb and we all have a laugh together. I could pull that too. And I've done it before, but I don't think I have enough content to like make a whole shtick out of that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that there are professionals out there that can leverage these platforms and expand their profession. Not that I'm sad that I can't do that as well, but it does make me think like, man, (laughs) did I, did I make the right career choice? It pays the bills. I'm very blessed to have this career, but I, I saw the video about like electric, like being an electrician. And I'm like, that sounds kind of fun. Just doing electrician stuff. And I won't have to deal with clients. I just go in, do a job, make it look nice, head out. My buddy's studying to become an electrician. I'm like, hey, power to him. Seems kind of interesting. And then start something where it's like, hey, the life of an electrician. You want to see it? I got I got the ins. That might be interesting. Instead, I'm just a guy that works at a software company in a customer success role. Trying to make a lifestyle podcast that is completely failing at it. My dad said he likes my blog posts the best just because of the way I write them. I write them in a very specific style. But again, like I like audio. I like text. I like writing. I like recording my voice. In my ideal world, I'd probably be a voice actor and leverage it that direction. Like, hey, I'm a voice actor. Here's my podcast. Here's my thing about being in the industry. X, Y, Z. But I'm a voice actor first. Because I don't care to tell people how to get into the customer success industry. It's not hard. If you have any customer service type experience, there you go. You're working at a cash register, you're learning about it. At least to do what I specifically do. At the end of the day, customer service all comes down to kind of, pardon my French, just stroking the cock of whoever the customer is. Now, you can only go so far, right? It's delicate balance connecting with people because there's one thing when you're just ringing up a person on a register and your interaction lasts two minutes. I have a lasting relationship with these people and being able to connect with them is slightly different. 
there is that. I have a family finance and personal financial degree. Okay, maybe I could leverage that, but I'm not doing that as a profession, and I feel like I, I'll leave that to the Graham Steffens of the world or the actual CPAs or financial planners of the world. I don't, I don't have that solid experience, you know. I can talk about a lot of little things. That's why I do a podcast because I have a broad enough interest in a couple of things to just give my opinion about them and have a conversation about them and give just a little bit of insight into whatever it might be. Because I've dabbled in enough things. I'm interested in enough things. I've researched enough things where I just end up having enough things to talk about. And it's going to be all over the place. But, you know, that's my thing. So, homework for today's podcast. Not that it's actually homework. But if you're interested in Formula One, check out Kim Illman. Pretty neat. Even if you're not interested in Formula One, think of something that, like, you are interested in. And just, like, search up those things on YouTube. If you're interested in cars, Donut Media. If you're interested in Right to Repair, Lewis Rossman. If you're interested in Formula One, Kim Illman. If you're interested in League of Legends, Scooch. Um, If you're interested in general engineering, Mark Rober. Which, I mean, if you haven't seen a Mark Rober video, like, that's impossible. Guy makes... 12 videos a year and each one of them gets freaking hundreds of millions of views he's he's figured out youtube if you're interested in computers linus tech tips if you're interested in like general mmo discussion josh strife josh strife hayes bon appetit food adam ragusia food babish culinary universe food joshua weissman food subscribe to a lot of food people on youtube sketch comedy fairbairn films gus johnson eddie burbeck General Finance, Graham Stephan, Introspective Spirited Man, uh, Van Neistat. And those are just like some of my YouTube subscriptions. You can tell they're very broad. Like I have very broad interests about a lot of different things. And I follow a lot of different people in those spheres just to learn more and to see more. Competitive Eating, Beard Meets Food, Matt Stoney. It's another food thing. Wow, I follow so many food-related topics. More F1, WTF1. I mean, it's cool to see all of this information out there and to see people with a real interest, passion, knowledge, and experience in these given things being able to make YouTube videos and just the rest of us learn from that. Fun facts, Tom Scott. That's a that's a fantastic one. He had a super interesting video about um, aerial ropeway that uses no power that gets mining stuff that's been mined up and de-earthed from one place to another very fascinating now i'm a guy that just likes general trivia knowledge like that but i would highly suggest it tom scott just goes and finds interesting things in the world and discusses about them and presents on them so i 100 percent guarantee you there will be at least one tom scott video he's the guy in the red shirt on youtube you've probably seen him i guarantee you there's at least one tom scott video on a topic that you will find interesting. That's the realm that I might be able to do. Just find interesting things and present on them in an interesting fashion. Because Tom Scott's videos go geography, geology, engineering, computer programming, computer science, just world people, random fields in the middle of nowhere. But he's found a way to find slightly interesting things off the beaten path and present on them in a cool, unique way. That's, that's the direction I should go. But it's so neat 
to have all of this just at our fingertips. Anyway, that's going to do it for me. Thanks for listening to Tev's Talks, the premier useless podcast. Go ahead, like, favorite, share, follow, rate the podcast, whatever you do on your respective platform. Go to my website, jasontebs.com. It's where you can see pretty much everything I do. Um, follow me on Twitter. I haven't tweeted in a hot minute, but thanks for listening. I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.